We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always by my co-host Nick Bellato. On today's podcast, we're going to get the ball rolling a little bit on free agency. It's technically 11 days away, but in reality, only nine. This won't be our last free agency pod. We wanted to squeeze one in, though, because Nick's got some big plans coming up. And we're going to do a big preview coming, but today, the focus is on sleeper free agents we think the Giants should and could target. We'll also dive into the latest news, break down Clowney's interest in getting paid by this franchise, and then we'll turn things over to the mailbag and answer all of your questions about the team. Nick, what's new in the world of Filato? I hear you've got a Vegas trip coming up. Man, I do got some Vegas trips coming up. One trip, that is. And I just hope I don't contract, you know, what's going on, the coronavirus. I'm kind of a neurotic mess, kind of a hypochondriac when it comes to these kind of things. But, uh, you know, I'm going out there with my girl. We're going to have a good time, see the Grand Canyon, and uh, enjoy ourselves. Oh, I like that because if I'm doing a Vegas trip, I'm also doing Grand Canyon or I'm doing uh, anything really in that southern Utah area. Arches uh, last year went out and did Zion and uh, Bryce with my family. I'm a big fan of hiking, so it was a great time, Nick. I'm pretty jealous of that trip, I'll be honest. But some good news on the Dan front. Last night, uh, I chopped up a 50-person Poker tournament, uh, got to the end, five people left, had about 148,000 in chips, blinds were at 16, 13, uh, si- sorry, 16 and 32, and some guy at the table with 189,000 tried to argue that we needed to do a chip chop with, <laughs> that had to do with the, uh, the, based on the actual chips, no one really received that one well, because one hand with those blinds, and there's a new chip leader, so luckily in the end, it was a five-way chop, Nick, and Dan Schneier is $1,000 richer, so it was a good night for me as well. But let's dive in. 1000 bucks, Nice, man. Yeah, man. It was a big tourney. So it's a 50-person tournament, 
hundred dollar buy-in rebuys, uh, and then we chopped it up five ways. So any if anyone's interested in and lives in New Jersey area, hit me up. I can get you on the mailing list. This is an awesome tournament. Uh, really nice guy, Chris Bond runs it. Food, drinks, all that complimentary, no rake, unreal tournament. So anyway, let's dive into the Giants talk, Nick, because let's get there. It's time to get there. We're gonna start with the news. We're gonna start with Marcus Golden. According to Josina Anderson of ESPN, Golden wants to re-sign with the Giants, but he will first text, test the market to likely establish his market value. Ralph Acchiano of SNY reports the Giants have interest in signing Golden after he tests the market. What do you make of this whole entire report, Nick? I think this is the wise thing for both sides, the Giants and Golden, because the Giants don't want to overcommit money and pay more than market value for someone who played really well for the team last season and nor does golden want to leave money on the table he wants to be a giant i believe a lot of the fans want him to be but at the right price so i believe it's wise for him to go out test the market see what it is wise for the giants and hopefully for the giants sake it comes out that it's not as high as we sort of anticipate as of right now i mean you look at the highest paid edge on the market is khalil mack right now he makes about 23 a year the estimated number for Marcus Golden in this offseason is about 15. That's the number that's been kind of thrown out there a little bit, people are saying. And that would be about a million and a half less than what Chandler Jones makes. Somebody playing for the Cardinals who I would consider is incredibly underrated within or within the fan base. But within NFL circles, he's incredibly in a high, he's in, put in a very high regard. So I think it's wise for both the team and Golden to do this. And hopefully they can come to a contract that's reasonable for both sides. Yeah, it's interesting, Nick, because um, obviously we've gone over Golden on this podcast a bunch of times, and we've talked also on Twitter about it. I think me and you are probably the lowest on Marcus Golden among all Giants beat reporters, beat writers, and fans. Uh, we just, you know, you really put me onto it, Nick. You know, you pointed it out, and I went and looked back, and we've done a lot of work on the All-22. And, and you yeah. know, we all have notes. We have notes every week of every game. And these sacks, you know, it's a high number, but... There's circumstances, there's context that needs to be considered with every sack. And while I think Golden is an awesome fit if James Betcher was still the defensive coordinator, and maybe I would be willing to pay him in that 12 to $15 million range, I'm just not willing to get there with the new changes uh, on the Giants' defense. And, you know, I think that fans are going to be a little bit stunned by this free agency because the numbers are going to be a lot higher than people realize. He's going to get something in the 13 to $15 million annual range. And these contracts that are going to be handed out, Nick, are going to make that Chandler Jones contract look like the biggest steal in the NFL. Because, listen, the cap's about to go up big time. It's going to be yes, the biggest is. massive jump we've seen in this cap in a long time with the new CBA. People need to realize that. The salary cap is going way up. It usually goes up about 9 to $10 million a year. The jump they're expecting is $40 million. That changes everything. And as you know, I've outlined in the past, there needs to be some considerations with the cap. We're not going to get into that now. But the fact of the matter is this. He's going to get paid a good amount of money. And I'm kind of calling BS on the Giants' interest here, Nick, because if the Giants were truly interested in Marcus Golden, I think they would resign him before he hits the free agent market. Now, can they view him as a potential backup plan? Yes, but this may, may lead me to kind of believe they either have money they want to tie up to a different position, Nick, or... They have different targets at edge because otherwise this is a team that strikes me as a, as the type of franchise that likes to resign before they hit free agency. Well, so we'll see what happens there, Nick, but I'm not so sure the Giants are as, you know, lukewarm on Golden as he may be on the team. 
Yeah. That's an interesting uh, point as well. And uh, like you said, you and I both have been back and forth and we agree with each other. But uh, I mean, I still feel this is wise for both parties. Sure. And he, he's yeah. a fine backup plan, you know, or yes. maybe a, a plus, you know, maybe their first plan if they spe- plan to spend money elsewhere. In Frazier, which we just don't know. But, you know, I think that letting him hit the market speaks volumes. Um, in other news, Nick, Jadavian Clowney reportedly has the Giants at the top of his free agent wish list, according to SNY's Ralph Bacchiano. Earlier this month, Jacina Anderson named the Giants as a suitor for Clowney. Um, so I think that likely came from Clowney's agent. I think he's pushing this hard. Clowney is reportedly seeking a contract that resets the market in a sense with 22 to 23 million annually. Should the Giants make Clowney's wish come true? See, with Jadavian Clowney, man, I'm somewhat torn because while I feel he's a very impactful player when he's healthy, he's not always healthy. He plays through a lot of nagging injuries. And a lot of people are like, well, he doesn't miss that many games. Yes, but when you're playing injured, you're not as effective. I think he's an incredibly talented and productive run defender at that. I mean, he's had over... 10 tackles for loss three times in his career has never broken over 10 sacks had nine and a half in 2017 back when he was with Houston and he had nine in 2018 also with Houston but he's gonna make probably like you said 22 to 23 million annually reset that market that's the way this thing is going to really kind of develop because again the cap goes up every year and he's young still and he's going to be in line to get paid but I'm a little bit torn on dishing out that much but i'm not going to be incredibly disappointed or anything like that or think it's a terrible contract because Clowney is 27 years old and you know he has the hustle you know he has the abilities it's just been consistency with his play mainly due to injury yeah nick i am i'm more probably higher on Clowney than most because I think if they strike out on byron jones i i'd be i'd be kind of happy if they if they make the move to get Clowney. for me it's a high risk, high reward type yeah. of thing. More high, higher risk than than Byron Jones, but maybe higher reward because Clowney's best two seasons have come in the last two seasons. And what impresses me most about that is that he did it with two separate teams in two separate systems um, that really aren't that much alike in Seattle and Houston. So I think Clowney for me is someone who's still young, still has that first overall pick type pedigree, is excellent at setting the edge and that's something you know Dave Gettleman likes from his edges you know he wants an edge who can set the edge in the run game he's probably in my opinion maybe the best true edge setter in the run game in the NFL if not the best I mean if you're considering guys like J.J. Watt who I'm not these interior guys as far as just edge guys who can set the edge in the run game he may be the best he certainly grades that way um he's been a top 10 player seventh seventh best edge according to Pro Football Focus, among players who have played at least 50% of their snaps in back-to-back seasons. So for me, there's still a ton of upside with Clowney, and he's still super young. So obviously, I don't like the injury history. He's played through a lot of nagging injuries. He hasn't missed games, like Nick said, but he's played through them. And that's a lot of money to give to them. I mean, Ralph, Ralph Vecchiano is, you know, is saying, you know, the Giants may think it's better in their interest side. Two guys for the price of Clowney. Um, you know, two guys maybe in the 12 to – 12 per year 10 per year instead of just clowning at 22 i don't know if i feel that same way i, I don't want to bury lorenzo carter and O'Shane and on the step show i want to develop them i want to get them snaps and if they sign two guys um at those 10 to 12 million dollar per year prices it really just limits those snaps so for me i'm probably higher on clowning than most but you know i'd be totally fine passing on him too given that injury history uh nick and other news ralph vacchiano reports the giants are also interested in a reunion 
between free agent off-ball linebacker Kyle Van Noy, a late career broomer, and his former coach Joe Judge. Obviously, Joe Judge didn't coach his position, but Joe Judge was on that New England staff. What do you make of this? Yeah, we've talked on this podcast about Kyle Van Noy possibly being a target for the New York Giants. He's going to be 30 by the start of the season. That doesn't necessarily concern me. He meshed incredibly well once he came over from Detroit. He was a former second-round pick out of BYU by Detroit and was considered a bust by all counts. Goes to New England, and what does New England do? They extract the most value out of their players, and they extracted the most value out of Kyle Van Noy. They put him on the edge. They put him as an off-ball linebacker, and they used him in a multiple multiple different ways. And that's kind of what we look at with Patrick Graham. We've talked about how on third down, Patrick Graham likes to utilize a lot of those edge and those linebackers roaming kind of around the line of scrimmage with two down linemen, one down linemen, depending on the context of the situation and the opponent. I think Kyle Van Noy would excel in that type of role. And I am not opposed to bringing in somebody with that A, championship pedigree and B, leadership ability, which Van Noy does possess as well, onto this team that really does not have it. We've talked at length about how this defense has what, $29 million invested into it right now? The Giants need to invest money into this defense, and we know Dave Gettleman's seat is hot, hot, hot. And he's going to be fired if this team has another season like they've had the last few seasons. So he's going. it's going to behoove him to go out there, behoove them, I should say, to go out there and just invest in this defense. And I think Van Noy is going to be an effective player to kind of bring in and kind of help lead uh, that defense that unit and just in general and the linebacker position is just an absolute albatross right now with really no talent other than a rookie who tore his ACL and has three games under his belt. I'm right there with you, Nick. I love Kyle Van Noy as a potential target for the Giants. He's moving far up my list. You broke it down really well. Late career Broomer. Obviously the Patriots were able to unlock his potential, something the Lions were unable to do. And that's, you know, Patriots unlocking potential Lions not. That seems like a story we've heard uh, over and over throughout the last 20 years of the NFL or whatnot. But I think that the, I think really where you hit the nail on the head here is Vinoy's versatility and ability to to really mesh well with what Graham wants to do on defense. Because remember, even though obviously Joe Judge didn't coach him, Patrick Graham has coached Kyle Van Noy. Um, Patrick Graham also comes from New England. So I think it's a really good fit. I think he can do a lot of things, and I think he's going to come at a reasonable cost. And like you said, they need off-ball linebackers. So you tell me we can lock up a free agency with Byron Jones and Benoit's pieces. I'm in on something like that. And obviously re-signing Leonard. I'm in on something like that. I really am. So if that's where we go with this, that's where the Giants go with this, I think they're going in the right direction, Nick. But before we dive into some free agent sleepers for the Giants, we're going to do five each for me and Nick. And then some guys who just missed the list. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So, whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Ever wonder why traditional button ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Duh! Untuck It shirts were specifically designed to be worn 
untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. That's untuckit.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for 20% off your first order. Do not miss this opportunity. All right, Nick, we're doing free agent sleepers. And for the fans, this is how we're going to break this one down. We're going to have five sleepers from Nick, five sleepers from me, and then we're going to talk about the guys who just missed the list. A free agent sleeper, if you guys are familiar with fantasy football, you might know the term sleeper, is a player who won't be signed on the first day of free agency, won't be signed on the second day. It's that second and third wave free agents, guys who are going under the radar, guys who aren't going to break the bank, but guys who can help the Giants football team this year, next year, or maybe just be developed into players that are, you know, role players on this team. They may not be starters, but they're sleepers for a reason. We see potential that could be unlocked with the right coaching and the right fit from a systematic standpoint. So, Nick, let's do it like this. You'll give your sleeper, I'll give my sleeper, and we'll go back and forth. So start with your number one sleeper free agent target for the Giants. Yes. So. Like we have said, the linebacker position obviously does not have a lot of talent as of right now. So my linebacker sleeper is Nick Kwiatkowski from Chicago. He is a former fourth-round pick out of West Virginia, and he didn't necessarily play all that many snaps up until this season where he ended up playing 512 snaps, and mainly because... Danny Trebathan went down with injury. So Kwiatkowski kind of came in and stepped into his own with that Chicago Bears defense. He ended up according 76 tackles, eight for a loss, and three sacks. And the reason I think he could be on a bargain is because he doesn't have that long history of kind of producing at a high level. He was more of that special teams player and kind of just a, a nickel linebacker who can come in and According to over the cap, he's expected to land something along the lines of like a two-year prove-it, $5 million deal. And if that is the case, I think he can come in and compete at this linebacker position that really needs talent. I mean, he was behind Roquan Smith. He was behind Danny Trevathan. They have a lot of linebackers over there in Chicago. Didn't really have the chance to showcase his talent. And now he can come over to the New York Giants and do that. So I think that could be somebody that could be had at the cheap who's still 26 years old, six foot two, 245 pounds. And he only, and he only has those uh, 22 games that he ended up starting. And again, 2019 was one where he started most of them. So I think he's somebody that uh, has the necessary athletic traits. He showed high mental processing from the film that I did watch. Ability to keen, diagnose, scrape over top, effective in the blitz as a stunter. All those things that you're kind of looking for for this Patrick Graham defense. So I think he's an interesting one. I love that call, Nick. I really do. And to add to that, the Bears aren't really in a salary cap situation where they can really afford to resign. They might be able to bring him back, depends, but I think they might be moving in another direction for that reason. And I think he could be an excellent sleeper for the Giants at off-ball linebacker if they're kind of, you know, not going the Van Noy direction or not uh, striking hot on someone like Schobert from the Browns who's going to cost, you know, 10, 12 million a year. Same thing with Van Noy. So he's a nice sleeper. My number one sleeper is Rodney McLeod. 
free safety from the Eagles, actually originally drafted by the Rams. I loved him when he hit free agency the first time, but the Eagles were smart enough to snatch him up. He has really been an excellent deep half safety for the Eagles when healthy, but the injury has been the issue in recent years, especially last year. But, you know, I'm willing to take a chance. I'm a big believer that injuries are, are, are for the most part, luck-driven. Um, there's some players who are more injury-prone than others, but this is not one of them. He really hasn't been injured for most of his career. And if you're looking for deep half-safety types who can play this position that the Giants need so desperately at a much higher level than they've had with, with Bethay and Curtis Riley over the years, this is a guy who's not going to cost much given you know what what we've talked about, his time in the, his time in the league and his injury history. Um, and... He's somebody who I would love to target. He's still playing at a high level, like I said, when healthy. So that's my number one sleeper. Give us your number two sleeper, Nick. Yeah, McLeod, that's a good call. I definitely was looking at him as well. I was actually um, wondering what his contract would look like, but he's definitely somebody that I feel like would be available on that day three of free agency, like you said earlier. So my number two, I would have to say, is Edge Emmanuel Ogba, who yes. has a nice little silver ring on his finger now because, as you guys probably know, people who follow the draft, he was a second-round pick by the Browns, and he got a jettison from the Browns and landed on the Chiefs. Good luck for Emmanuel Ogba, and luck is something the New York Giants need. But Ogba is one, kind of like we were saying with Jadavian Clowney, very good edge run defender, and that's kind of what he specializes in. So I think Ogba could be a player that the Giants should be looking at to kind of bring in and help fortify a the run game and b i mean we have a the giants have a good run game but help fortify that and also bring in this just freak athlete and hope that the giants can kind of unlock the athletic traits that he displayed at the combine and that he's displayed in spurts in the nfl i mean he was 91st percentile in the 10 yard split which is huge for edge prospects because it tests the first 10 yards off the ball and that's really what is more applicable to the nfl and playing football rather than the 40 yard dash and he was another uh, i want to say he was 83rd percentile in the broad jump over 10 feet and he possesses 35 and a half inch arms 10 inch hands and those are excellent measurables but i think he's a player who's going to be cheap he's young and those are things that we're looking for in this segment. Cheap, young players that can come in on prove-it deals and just ball out. Marcus Golden, he wasn't necessarily super young. I don't think he was 28 when the Giants signed him, but what did he do? He played a significant role for the New York Giants. So the Giants should be looking to land these types of prospects. And I think Agba, like we were saying, like I was saying with um, Kwiatkowski, like we were saying before with, with um, Kyle Van Noy, I think he's somebody who can come in and kind of roam the second level a little bit. He's not known for, to drop in coverage and be and uh, excel at high rates of level for that. He's more of a pass rusher. He's a bigger guy. He's 264 pounds. But I still feel like he's a player that can do that if asked, and he'll be uh, effective as a, a blitzer. So I he's definitely somebody that I like. I love, love, love this call, Nick, because, you know, listen, I had Agba on top of my list, but we're trying to have different players here, so I took him off. i let you have this one. But, you know, Agba is up there for me as far as my sleepers go. And, you know, I, I got to give some credit to friends of the show, Kevin Appenzoller, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, one of my, you know, I was a groomsman in his wedding, so one of my boys, he put me on to Agba this offseason as just a guy who, listen, is not getting that much hype in free agency, but why? I mean, we're talking about these are the guys you want to target in free agency. Coming off that rookie contract, no hype, but former second-round pick with the athletic tools to develop into a much better player than he's been, and you could get him 
for a fraction of the price of Javavian Clowney, for a fraction of the price of Marcus Golden. Six foot four, two sixty four, ridiculously long arms, four six three forty. Not that that matters. I like that you referenced the ten yard split instead, because that's exactly what drew the Giants to Ryan Connolly. He had one of the, he had the third best ten yard split of any off ball linebacker since two thousand ten. The Giants nabbed him, and then I think Agba is also a player who can kind of give them what they're looking for when they view, you know, a player in the 10-yard split. But he's also an explosive athlete. He had a 35-and-a-half-inch vertical and a 121-inch broad jump. And he did that at 273 pounds at his, uh, when he weighed in at the combine. This is the probably the highest upside sleeper, in my opinion, of the entire list. Besides maybe McLeod, if he can give you a, you know, no, you know, a full no-injury season. But I love this call, Nick. But my number two sleeper is actually going to be another former player with a high draft pedigree who kind of didn't work out for a long time, a lot of the reason due to injuries, and then had an awesome season last year that people aren't talking about. And that's Darkeez Denard. Denard, I'm sorry, the cornerback from the Bengals, uh, former first-round pick, number 24 overall, ran a 4-4-2 at 5-11-200 for Michigan State, had his best season by far in coverage last year, um, allowed only a passer rating of 79.6, according to Pro Football Focus, under 10 yards per reception had a 76 coverage grade, which was awesome for them, and really just finally played how they, the guy only allowed 18 receptions on 33 targets all season. That was tied for 118th in receptions allowed and uh, and 114th in targets. He really, they did not look his way, uh, quarterbacks, in the, in the passing game last year. He finally broke out, and now he's hitting the market, and yet nobody's talking about him. You know, yeah. they're talking about Guys like Brian Jones are talking about guys like James Bradbury maybe breaking the bank, but no one's talking about Denard. And if they could get him the Giants on kind of like, you know, either a Marcus Golden type prove it deal or even just, you know, eight, nine, ten million a year type deal, I think it's a steal. So Darquise Denard is my number two sleeper. I love that too, because what is the biggest need of the Giants secondary other than that deep half? It's somebody who can play the nickel position, and that's what Denard does. He played that in the slot for the Bengals, and I feel like that's a a player that the Giants could invest in. And again, I don't really, not really 100% sure why a lot of people aren't talking about him either, because 2019 was a season that he played significantly better in. So I'd love that, to be honest. Who's your number three sleeper, Nick? My number three sleeper, this one's a little interesting. This is Sean Coleman. Now, Sean Coleman was on the 49ers. He was expected to start for the 49ers. He used to be on the Browns, but he ended up suffering a big injury in preseason this year, landed on the IR. And well, he was supposed to be the swing tackle for the 49ers. I'm sorry, suffered the injury, landed on the IR. But when he was on the Browns, he was the supposed player who was going to take over for Joe Thomas. But that never materialized. The Browns went in another direction, which also did not work out. But the thing I love about Sean Coleman is a he's six foot five, three hundred ten pounds, and a half inch, twenty eight years old, ten and five hands. He just has a significant injury history. He was highly regarded. He was a third round pick out of Auburn by the Browns. He's a he's a regarded as a pretty solid athlete too. And I just feel like bringing in offensive linemen who have high upside and are going to be cheap is kind of the way the Giants should go right now. Just kind of keep throwing rocks at a can, you know what I'm saying? See if it sticks, see if it hits, because this is a contract that is not going to break the bank whatsoever, and he 
had skill. He's just dealt with injury. He broke his fibula and had a dislocated ankle. And those are the kind of injuries that he has been dealing with. But, I mean, he was a tough player in college. And I just feel like it's one of those high upside kind of players that you can bring in and have compete. And if it doesn't work out, you can cut him. It's going to be no skin off your ass, you know? Yeah, this is an interesting call, Nick. This is a very, very deep sleeper here, Sean Coleman. I think they could get him on a, you know, close to vet min one year prove it deal. And I like this idea a lot. You want to bring in a guy with that kind of upside from an athletic standpoint and who has actually put on some decent tape at times. And you got to put him in a system where you have coaches who can develop him. Maybe I feel at least like the Giants have some upside now when it comes to the coaching and development at the offensive line position with the hiring of Mark Colombo. He did an excellent job with the Cowboys, dealt with obviously, you know, obviously he has a lot of talent there in Dallas, but he dealt with a lot of injuries and made guys, you know, really and had guys really step up. Cameron Fleming played really well there, kind of a, a lost name there. And, you know, other players who have been shuffled in and out of that lineup for the Dallas Cowboys. So this is an interesting one because they won't have to pay much. They could bring him in. He can compete. And if Colombo can unlock the most out of him, well, maybe now you got the biggest steal in the entire free agency. My number three, though, Nick, is a little bit different, but plays the same position. And it's Daryl Williams. About a year ago this time, or maybe a little bit earlier, because by this point, you know, we kind of started to see, okay, the injury situation is going to really limit his market. But, you know, 15 months ago, People were talking about the Giants signing him to a, you know, break the market offensive tackle deal. But now it's a completely different story. He re-signed on a one-year prove-it deal with the Panthers last season. We're talking about Darrell Williams, former fourth-round pick from Dave Gettleman during his uh, tenure with the Panthers in 20, what is it now, 28, or sorry, 2017. He was one of the best right tackles in the entire NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Literally, an elite right tackle. And yet... The injuries creeped up the next season, and then he tried to sign a one-year prove-it deal with the Panthers this year, but it seems like, but you know, there was some interesting talk about, was he really fully recovered from his injury? What's going on with this injury? It was a really bad injury that he suffered in camp. I think it was, uh, you know, uh, it required surgery, obviously, but I think it was one of those lower body injuries that people say, you know, takes time to come back from. And then this year, during his one-year prove-it deal with the Panthers, they tried mixing him into a bunch of different positions. He almost barely even played his natural position, a right tackle. He's playing guard for them, did both guard spots. So really had another, had his worst season by far of his career. Now enters the market at a completely washed out value. The Giants, in my opinion, can sign him to a one-year deal for maybe $5 million, $6 million. I don't think it's going to cost even more, anywhere more than that. It might not even cost that. And you're telling me you could sign a guy to a one-year prove-it deal who in 2017 was an elite player at the position that's the, one of the hardest, if not the hardest, to find in the NFL outside of quarterback, offensive tackle? Sign me up, Nick. So that's my number three sleeper. Who's your yeah. number four? My number four, and I like that Williams too. I, again, I just want to bring in talent or people who have the potential to be effective and on those small deals, and that's what kind of the Giants can do. And then they could still go after those big fish. And if those things end up materializing and going right, <laughs> then the Giants made out really well. But my fourth is Marcus Johnson, who the Colts just did not put the tag on. I want to say it was yesterday. Now, Marcus Johnson, not um, people who play fantasy might know him because from week ten on, he he kind of came in a little bit and was one of those. I don't want to say sleepers, but one of those players that a lot of players were, or a lot of um, fantasy players were talking about bringing in in really, really deep leagues. And he came into the season. He had 17 catches, 32 targets for 277 yards and two touchdowns. And the reason he was able to kind of get on the field was because the Colts were decimated by injuries. Devin Funches went down, Paris Campbell went down, and then Chester Rodgers ended up going down later on. And he was actually cut. This is Marcus Johnson was actually cut. 
uh, earlier in the season because he had a concussion. So he was just, you know, given an injury settlement and then they brought him back and he ended up playing relatively well in an offense that was not known for their passing. But the things I like about him, he's six foot one, 204 pounds. He's going to be on the cheap. And here's some of his athletic testing numbers from his time at Texas. His 10 yard split was a one five, three that's 68th percentile. So it's quick, but it's not super impressive. But his 20 yard split was 2.48 seconds. And that is pretty damn fast. That is 96th percentile. His 40-yard dash was a 439, 87th percentile. And then he jumped pretty high, 37 inches, 135 on the broad, which is 98th percentile for Marcus Johnson. Now, th- those are impressive lower body explosiveness numbers. His three-cone drill wasn't as good, though. <laughs> so I got to bring that up. And he did well on the bench. This was all at his pro day, so we got to take that into account, too. But he's a 25-year-old athlete who can come in and compete. Now, wide receiver, I feel like the Giants have a good situation going on. You have Darius Slayton, you have Sterling Shepard, and, and you have Golden Tate. But I think Johnson could be that kind of vertical threat, that field stretcher opposite of Slayton that can kind of stretch the defense. And again, I think he can be had on the cheap. And if you can have him on the cheap, you can have him come in, you can have him compete, then why not take a crack at the can? If it doesn't work out, you can cut him. But he has some intriguing qualities about him. The Giants do not invest in wide receiver during the draft or or they don't go after anybody in freedom. I'm not expecting them to whatsoever. And Marcus Johnson, depending on what happens with him, he could be somebody that the Giants could uh, rely upon if he ends up making the team. Something happens with Corey Coleman if they bring him back and he can't get healthy. I absolutely love this call, Nick, and I'll tell you why. To me, what you just described is basically Demarcus Robinson light. Obviously, we saw the rumors the Giants and Eagles are going to be interested in signing this under-the-radar Chiefs receiver Demarcus Robinson, who's flashed at times. But eventually, these type of guys, when they catch the buzz, are going to get 8, 10, 12, who knows, million a year. Look at the deals that Paul Richardson signed and other receivers like that in free agency. So to me, this is such an awesome potential high upside signing on the cheap because for the reasons you outlined, he's young, he's fast, And the really important thing here for this Giants receiver corps, and people have talked about it, is getting speed. And why is speed so important? Well, this is why a guy like Henry Ruggs, who ran a 4-2-7, but really, you know, wasn't that productive at Bama, is probably still going to be a top 15, top 20 pick. Because it's not just about making plays in the vertical game with that, you know, he had 4-2-7. But we're talking about Marcus Johnson at 4-3-9 speed. And I really like the 20-yard split you brought up, Nick, because that is an even more impressive stat, in my opinion, because the game's not always really played in 40 yards. But the point is this. It's not just about the plays they're making downfield. It's about what it allows for your offensive system. When you have those field stretchers, the guys who can, you know, break, uh, I'm sorry, who can, you know, stretch the defense over the top, it requires the opposing defensive coordinator to play the safety, play the deep half safety a little further back and to have more respect. And it opens up the middle field. This is basically the Andy Reid offense and the, you know, the Andy Reid principle. It's why having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill makes his offense so dominant and pretty much so unstoppable because Tariq opens up that middle half and Travis Kelsey dominates in there. And the Giants need something like that too, especially going forward with Jason Garrett's offensive system. Having a guy like Evan Ingram who can stretch and beat and dominate that middle half of the field, well, it's only possible if the defense respects the -the over-the-top, break-the-bank type vertical threat. And, you know, on the cheap, Marcus Golden – I'm sorry, not Marcus Golden. On the cheap, Marcus Johnson can be that. So this, Nick, is an excellent call, and I love it. But for my fourth sleeper, Nick, I'm going with a pretty deep sleeper here, and it's Javian Elliott, a cornerback – uh, originally out of Florida State, only it was it was an undrafted uh, cornerback out of Florida State in 2016. So he's still young, 26 years old. 
Five foot eleven, one seventy six, pure nickel nickel guy, slot guy. But guess what? The Giants need that, especially if they're moving forward with the plan to have Julian Love at the safety position. They need a nickel corner, and they really have just outside guys on the roster now. Nobody wants to see Grant Haley back on the field. JV and Elliott is a guy who really broke out to to an extent uh, this season. Originally was undrafted, signed out of the Bucks, but you know played last season with the Panthers. Um, and had really strong coverage grades, according to Pro Football Focus, and you know had third 314 snaps in coverage, so wasn't really an every down player, but allowed under uh, 10 yards per reception, uh, only allowed 27 receptions uh, on the entire season, uh, only had five missed tackles. That's that's something that people you know maybe look at as as an area where he needs to improve on. But what I really like to see was 13 run stops, and that means stops for negative yards or or no gain, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's a physical player who will get involved in the mix. He's a total sleeper. No one's talking about J.D. and Elliott. So this is a guy who they could sign and no one would see coming, but may be able to step right in and play that nickel role. He's also young. He's 26 years old. I mean, I haven't watched much J.D. and Elliott tape, but I do. Uh, he kind of sounds like a Grant Haley kind of type, to be honest, and somebody he can come in and compete with Haley for that position to see if they could duke it out. But better than Haley in coverage, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nick, Nick, give us your final fifth sleeper. <laughs> All right, so you just articulated so well about how our slot position as New York Giants fans sucks. So I'm going with somebody, Tremont Williams. I know. He's 37 years old. He's pretty fucking old. We get it. But the dude, according to PFF, was seventh overall in coverage among all cornerbacks last year and 21st in defense. That's pretty freaking impressive. I mean, he played 503 of his 792 snaps in the slot, and that's where everybody wants to attack, just like I said. So I'm looking at Tremont Williams, older. He's 37 years old. And he's been a Packer for a very long time, has a ring. So he has that pedigree like we were talking about with Kyle Van Noy. And I believe he can come in and he could be a leader because he obviously has been around the NFL for quite some time. And he's still effective despite the fact that he is old. And I'm looking to bring in leaders onto this team. The Giants have missed these vocal leaders for quite some time. Those leaders like Justin Tuck and Usu Yumanura, Michael Strahan, those kind of guys on the defense. The Giants haven't had that in a while. And I would not mind to bring him in on a small deal because it's going to be like a one-year or maybe even a two-year deal, maybe $7 million, something along those lines on a two-year deal. That's something that I feel like is not the dumbest thing in the world to for the Giants to look at doing because he's somebody who could have value. Now, the one negative to doing this is if you do want to see these younger players grow, Tremont Williams isn't somebody who's going to be who, who's going to come into the Giants and not start. So unless one of those players really ascended. So if you really wanted to see these players grow, these younger players in that nickel position, which none of them have thrived in yet, then that might stunt their growth, which some fans have concern for. But I'm about winning football games. And I think Tremont Williams can help the Giants do that. Nick, I like this call. And there's going to be a lot of Giants fans who hate this call. There's fans who hate bringing in veterans no matter what. But listen, Williams is a guy who kind of fell off for a little short period of time, but reinvented himself as this slot guy, because this nickel slot guy, because he used to be an outside corner and just simply doesn't have the speed for that anymore. But he still has the smarts, he still has the instincts, and really his skill set at this point of his career is actually, he's proven it to be a really good fit for the nickel position. Now, I think there's, there's pluses and cons that you brought up here with this sleeper, because for starters, he would immediately step into that nickel role, be the best possible player they have there. 
But it takes away the potential upside of a situation where they sign Byron Jones and they move Baker into the slot, keeping Beal on the outside. Because I do kind of feel like Baker has an interesting skill set for the slot uh, that might not be so bad, given, you know, his lack of deep deep speed and kind of his smaller stature and and his physical nature. Um, so Baker, that would kind of be interesting to me. Would it kind of screw up Baker's development if they do go out and sign Byron Jones? I think Williams, for me, is kind of a guy I would sign potentially if they don't do anything else on the market at free at cornerback. But if not, and if they do go out and sign Byron Jones, I might pass there, Nick, but I do really see the sleeper appeal though. My, but my fifth sleeper, Nick, and let's dive into this one is going to be one that also probably might be, uh, I guess, controversial with Giants fans. But again, this is the fifth sleeper for each of us. We are talking about sleepers. It's not going to be guarantees. And it's Devin Funches, the wide receiver, uh, last played on the Colts, but obviously had the injury that ruined, derailed that season when they signed a one-year prove-it deal for a lot of money with Indianapolis. They really liked what his fit was going to be with Andrew Luck in that system. Um, but obviously was drafted by, in the second round out of Michigan by the Panthers, by Dave Gettleman. And for me, now that he's had this season where he signed that one-year deal for a lot of money um, and didn't live up to it, he's going to come super cheap. And Funches is a guy who I love this tape out of, out of college at Michigan. He's had spurts of playing awesome football. He really does an excellent job of separating and has, has really good agility for someone of his massive size. I mean, Devin Funches is six foot four, almost 220 pounds. Uh, coming out of the NFL draft, uh, let, let me just get these numbers up for to, to make sure. But six for four, two hundred thirty-two in the NFL draft. Didn't run a good forty, obviously, at those numbers. But thirty-eight, eight and a half inch vertical, and he puts that on tape. And one hundred twenty-two inch broad jump. If we're talking about somebody who can be an excellent fit for Jason Garrett's system, if he's sticking with this Eric Coriel, Funches could be that guy, Nick, and he could come cheap on a one-year prove-it deal, way cheaper than he signed. Obviously, he has the pedigree with Gettleman. So Funches is probably my fifth sleeper and somebody I think that could offer the Giants an upgrade over the Latimer and Coleman types. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, his body type, the cheap contract that he's going to have, his age, he's 25, and the schematic fit because the Giants are looking, well, not necessarily looking, but we talked about how Jason Garrett's offense has always had that X receiver, that big body receiver, that Terrell Owens, Miles Austin, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper even. Funches is not that caliber of player, but he's going to be had on the cheap. And he broke his collarbone in week one last year, ended up on the injured reserve. He had, what is it, 2017, he had 109 targets, 63 catches, 840 yards, 8 touchdowns. He's definitely somebody who would come in on a cheap deal because he's not going to be breaking the bank whatsoever, and I think he could uh, really compete to make this receiving core. Yep, Young still has flashed his talent on tape, so he's not someone completely you know, with no tape at all to look at. And now off the injured season, is going to come cheap. I think this is a super, super high upside sleeper. Nick, any sleepers for you that just missed the list? Run through them real quick. Yeah, I would say a Landon Roberts. I mean, the obvious fit with Joe Judge, and he's another player who I want to say a couple of years ago he was more highly regarded, whereas now he was a little bit forgotten. He didn't play as much in 2019 on the defensive side. He ended up playing fullback, actually, for the Giants, kind of like in the uh, Nikita Whitlock role, only he's more of a inside linebacker rather than a defensive tackle. But he's somebody that is interchangeable and is coming from that New England system, is smart. I think Jatavis Brown is an interesting one. I mean, in space, 
he can move incredibly well, but he cannot tackle as well. He's definitely somebody who lunges way too much with his head down and does a lot of, has a lot of tackling flaws. Can those be coached up? Not sure, but he's kind of the prototype uh, linebacker that people have been looking for when it comes to just like speed. He has that sideline to sideline speed that a lot of people look for. And then there's Sean Davis, safety, drafted out of Maryland by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round, who has just kind of been a bust. But at the same time, he has a high draft pedigree. Maybe he can come in on a cheap contract and also compete and see if you can kind of teach him those angles that he never really mastered in Pittsburgh, angles to the ball to play single high because he is a solid athlete. I wouldn't say he's not Malik Hooker or anything like that, but he is a solid athlete. Maybe he can come in on the cheap, definitely has that uh, pedigree, like I said before. So he's those are three players that I would like to kind of just highlight as people who just missed this five list, but players that do have interest but also have some reserve. Yeah, and I like that call, especially on Davis, because you mentioned this. I actually read this from you. He played some of his best ball in 2018 when he was used more in that deep half safety role. So somebody with obviously the pedigree, still young, like we say, these are the type of guys we're targeting. Off that rookie deal or pretty close to it, hasn't totally fully you know, lived up to the potential, but has what we're looking for to with the right coaching staff to potentially unlock. My sleepers, Nick, are going to be two guys, both on the offensive line. I'm going to start with my number one sleeper here. It's a guy I loved. When he was uh, coming into the draft, it's Graham Glasgow, who the, the Lions drafted out of Michigan. He's played mostly offensive guard, but also has snaps at center. And where I would use him is at center. That's where I think he would best fit. He obviously wasn't going to crack the lineup there at center in Detroit because they drafted uh, my boy from Arkansas. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Frank Ragnow. Yeah, Frank Ragnow, who's awesome center, and he was never going to keep the job from him. So he's played a little guard, but that's not a bad thing to me. I mean, the versatility is there, and I would love to try him out at center. And another guy who just missed my cut was Connor McGovern, a center from the Broncos who kind of stepped into that role after they let Matt Paradis go in free agency. Played pretty well. He's a better pass blocker than run blocker, and he has some issues with play strength. So I really don't totally love him. This is why he just missed the list. He's not even a top five sleeper for me because he's better in pass pro than run block. And I'm really looking for those, a bigger, you know, a guy with better play strength and length and, you know, just a different type of player at center than they've had. But he's definitely someone who can play the position at a solidly high level, better than my opinion than Jalapeo, better in my opinion than, um, I'm sorry, than Pulley. And if the Giants really, with all these just very limited draft picks, can't make it happen at center, Maybe they need to go there in free agency with one of these cheaper guys at the position. So those are our sleepers for the Giants and the free agents. We know we promised the mailbag, but unfortunately, Nick is running late and has to catch his flight to Vegas. So I'm going to let him do that. We will circle back, though. There will be a full mailbag show with these questions you all sent in and more coming when Nick returns from Vegas. And on that note, keep it locked and loaded with the Big Blue Banter podcast because we got a lot of good things coming. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Slot machines. 